Welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about Everyone Thinks I Dodged a Bullet, a new record by Greg Laswell, which starts out with the title track. stretching new a little bit it's came out in march but one of the nice things about the end of the year in addition to the holidays is that it seems like a relatively slow period for new album releases and so it's a nice chance to kind of look back and well what do we miss and i feel like this got some attention especially from our friends at npr so i'm glad we got a chance to go back and listen to it more thoroughly plus it's the dead of winter and the most depressing time of year and it's really stormy and rainy out and this seems like the perfect album for to talk about on a stormy dark depressing winter day because it's a very intense breakup album with a lot of moody feelings yeah i would describe it as emo if emo hadn't been co-opted by cheesy punk rock now he is laying it all on line and I, this is my understanding is at least he's pretty much the sole producer yeah, and he, most of the instruments yeah he did all of the instruments except for the cello and then the mastering was done by somebody else yeah so it's that very much individual statement mm-hmm. and that individual statement is pretty wallowy well i was gonna say that's the one thing that is often a problem when you're creating an album by yourself without a band or without other even contributing mus- musicians is it can be easy to kind of get stuck stuck in your own ideas if there's not enough people to veto them but it also gives you an opportunity to be deal with more personal themes that you might otherwise and i feel like that is the case here pretty much the entire album is a dialogue between like me and you talking to someone in the second person and it's very kind of bitter and angry yeah it's very consistent and you know if they're the one thing here is i think that it's impeccably constructed that he has kind of the very the synthy sounds and pianos and synths and these sort of real sounding strings and fake sounding strings. And I said synths twice because there's a lot of electronic Mm -hmm. sounds on here. Mm -hmm. But then 
at the same time, yeah, you talked a little bit about getting carried away. You said this like very clever lyric and then like the last half of the song, it feels like is him just saying that lyric over and over and over. And there's a little of that kind of, I'm going to beat you about the head and shoulders. And I would be problematic maybe if then at least the other songs Mm -hmm. kind of stayed in the same groove. But I think even though it's pretty consistently a me and you kind of breakup album, the other songs find different ways to wallow. (laughs) I think that's the case on this next song that I would describe incredibly cinematic. It's called Lifetime Ago. I really like about this record is the way that Laswell takes kind of a similar a palette that he uses throughout the whole record that holds all the songs together but then gets a lot of variation and a lot of interesting things out of them and so this is the song where he kind of throws in all of the musical instruments that he uses throughout the album like he's got these kind of warpy synths that are I mean it's a Sorry, strings, synth strings. Yeah, I assume that's what that is. Well, the, like, well, it's interesting. I think it's nice that he like he makes them. I don't know what he's tweaking to make them sound super fake in parts of the song, and then almost real in other parts of the song. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice variety with a single quote instrument. Unquote. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like some drum machine, and then kind of an electric piano, and then some other. I can't think of off the top of my head everything that's in there, but I feel like he puts all the instruments that he uses on in more sparingly on the rest of the record in this one song. Yeah, this one's a little over the top. Yeah, he has that kind of kind of synth while he's singing wordlessly. And, you know, the the wordless thing here is, you know, I talked about the last one, first song being repetitive. Here, even the verses are repeated. But, you know, I guess I, I did read an interview and he's just like, yep, I'm trying to be simple. Like, I'm going for not getting carried away with what we talked about with the being clever. So it's like the struct song structures are really simple. And in here it's like, it's so simple because it's the same damn choruses, same damn verses. But what I think really I notice here with the kitchen sink approach, the instrumentation is it works with all those things. And I describe this as cinematic. And this is one of a bunch of songs that just feels like it should be uh, on a movie soundtrack. <laughs> like it just, yeah. it, you know, and it's, it's not unheard of for pop stars to go, become movie composers you have your Danny Elfman's and then now what Hans Zimmer is playing Coachella so I don't know who that is he's a famous movie composer but he's playing Coachella this year for some reason seems like a good idea okay Um, but yeah I like that and I think he he does kind of live in that super cinematic but still very kind of emotional pop sound and sort of combines those two and I think part of that too or part of why it sounds cinematic is he really has a lot of range in his voice and he has this very kind of low somber tone but then he can also go into what I call a Chris Martin range which 
is problematic, but I think he does it well. And then a high falsetto that he does in this song. And so he really, he kind of swoops around a lot with his voice. And then this, in this song also, he's kind of introducing one of the themes lyrically throughout the record, which is using being kind of like flying in the sky as a criticism, which yeah. I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. The heels on the ground. I like, I mean, and it, you know, it is so simple, but I love it. it's been a lifetime ago that you had your heels on the ground. And then just that, what are you going to do when gravity gets to mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that a special ending. I did get a bit of that, like, Oh, it's, this is sounding a little cold ish, but you know yeah. i'd like to think like cold play but less crappy is not no I, I think that's <laughs> uh, it's much better than cold play <laughs> high praise but uh no i think it this next song does continue that kind of super cinematic sound and it's called out of line uh, uh. has maybe my favorite lyric on this record which is you can keep your haunted house the only ghost there was you it turned out yeah i think that this is probably the lyrically maybe most clever song it's much less straightforward and then what was interesting was well interesting to me because i'm a huge nerd but i was just you know working through the time codes on this and realizing that everything in the song is 15 seconds so it's like it's 15 seconds of instrumental and then 15 seconds of verse and then 15 seconds of the verse, but with the strings. And then the chorus is 15 seconds long and the bridge is 15 seconds long. and Everything is 15 seconds long. And I, I, I like that it's just so absurdly regular and it's almost like he's like, okay, well, this is super regular. So now I can be more kind of out there with the lyrics, hmm. but I have to keep it simple somewhere. And so here just the timing is absurdly consistent. Is this going to end with me opening a secret room and you have like all kinds of formulas scrawled all over the wall and it's like in a beautiful mind. strings strings connecting everything yes little thumbtacks now but uh yeah the entire that it has i feel like again mostly aside from that being touching the ground which will appear or being off the ground which appears a few times but here i think it's sort of the most different kinds of metaphors where yeah that the haunted house your love being under the christmas tree and then this idea of someone walking around dragging the strings of Christmas lights behind and then kind of tripping on them and getting caught on them. And it's it's both really evocative and I'm not sure what it means. And I appreciate that on an album where a lot of the stuff is like, OK, it's pretty clear what he's talking about. And I like that it's more ambiguous and also really pretty. And it's like this is the this is the next track on that soundtrack album for sure. I like the fact that this record is conceived clearly as a complete work. And I, you know, I, I like the album as a format and that's why we do the podcast that this way. And that's why I wanted to talk about albums as a whole. And not only is there thematic and lyrical and uh, instrumental consistency throughout the songs, they're sequenced in a way that it is kind of like 
a recovery like it, it kind of feels like going through a breakup with someone and it starts out with setting it up with everybody thinks I dodged a bullet but it but I think I shot the gun and like kind of seeing his part in it and then it goes through more of the bitter and angry phase and then maybe kind of more having more perspective and then it ends in a way that sign kind of feels like a resolution yeah or it's like he's, fi- he's figuring out where to put the blame before deciding maybe I should not focus so much on putting the blame yeah. on myself or the other person yeah. and that's at least sweet but I think certainly we're in the first half of the album and it's gets uh we're still we're still in blame blame town on this track and I'll definitely on this next track which is called watch you burn i'll keep things light past the time song definitely plays with danger for me by doing the vocoder on the voice or kind of an auto tune effect and this is the part where i admit i'm one of those who can't quite be sure of which device it is i know there's subtle differences but fundamentally like making his voice sound super robot-y here and here it's obvious but once i heard the song i kept listening for oh is he is he playing is he playing tricks on us with his voice is he putting his voice through effects to make it sound more perfect and i was so sure that he did and then later i decided okay he really didn't but it's i think once you've shown you're willing to do it 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 makes me very nervous that you're gonna cheat on the other rest of the album so that's that's like where I roll my eyes because I think you're way too oversensitive about what was an intended effect in one song, which I actually think is very, I think it works well. I think he's experimenting and it's a way to make him seem very kind of detached and alien and to really play with his voice in a different way. And I think it works fine. It's not uh, my favorite song on the record, but... I think it's effective. Yeah, I think it set my teeth on edge and it took me a while to get past. And that's it's just one of those things that's like, oh, if I heard if I just listened to this album once, 
what I would take away from it, like, oh, he went there. That's, and then now it's like I've listened to it enough to be like, okay, Which is that, I'm exactly what happened was when I was playing this for you and you were like, ah, auto-tune, uh, yeah. And you had this really... Visceral reaction, yeah. for sure. So just be be aware. But then, I mean, there there is stuff to like if you get past or uh, to learn to appreciate. I mean, one of the things that's sort of fun here is there's this very kind of... It almost sounds like a military-ish drum, but then with this you know pretty clean 3-3-2 syncopation... Um, and then even with this very synthetic voice, but then this, uh, where the cello starts coming in, where it almost, I think it's like plucked early and then bowed later on. And it does, you know, we talked about the different, you know, off the ground metaphors and landing on the moon is a pretty big one. And, and then I like that the entire song is like on that dichotomy of like, are you going to come back and mm-hmm. be safe and I can welcome you back? Or are you going to burn up on reentry? Oh, well, that's interesting. That's not how I interpreted it, but. Well, I guess it's one take. I mean, obviously the oven, I'm going to burn you in the oven. Yeah, I mean, that's what I I thought of it as like kind of burning the house down like this this kind of snide like, oh, I warm the house up for you to come home and then like light it on fire, basically. Yeah, so I I think, it, again, open interpretation yeah. is good. It's uh, I, But I, I like the idea that at least there's that potential meaning since like you're returning, watch you return and then, oh, I'm going to watch you burn. And so it's it works, and then there is even like these little um, kind of squeaking strings I think that come in later, and then it's I I like this touch of there's this verse, and then he just kind of it, he says I'll start, and then he just doesn't actually go into the chorus, and so it's sort of this verse, and then like ah no mother verse, and then chorus, and so given that most of the album is pretty consistent, just like first mm-hmm. chorus, first chorus, bridge maybe, and so every little kind of hint of tweaking with the song structure is pretty appreciated and so i, I like that here and then i think the, the next song we'll play is called not the same man and i think it goes back to a more sort of predictable song structure a little bit more less experimental leave the radio love the cello in this track and i think it goes so well with his voice and it made me wish that there had been more of the natural cello rather than the synth strings on a lot of these other songs one of the one of the things i liked about this is yeah that the cellos are so prominent but then you have these like sort of hints of the little squeeze and it's like Mm. really kind of screechy but just subtle enough not to completely overturn the song and i think it's really perfect for a song that's sort of lyrically about this guy seems to be like He's trying to convince the person he's talking to, the you of this album, like, hey, I'm 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 doing so great. And you get the sense like, no, he's trying to convince himself. And there's yeah. like these doubt, like his doubt on him, like, no, I haven't figured this out. 
I haven't. No, I, I'm. I am the same man. I have all the same flaws. Yeah, and, I mean, this <laughs> it wasn't my favorite song on the record, but it's. I think the best artistically. Yeah, I, I think it's grown on me, and it's you know some of these songs, for sure. I feel like they're oh, it's kind of cute or it sounds nice, but I this one is one that I again I think so much because of the cello. But where I feel, and but because of that ambiguity and because of the warmth of the cello, I, I want to come back to the song. Like I want to hang out in the song, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't stand out as much. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of the the go to, the reliable one. Yeah, and it, I think it's just also the most emotionally genuine, and I think everyone can identify with that experience of feeling like you are you've moved on from mistakes you've made in a relationship, but also worried that you might make the same mistakes in a different way because you haven't really figured it out as much as you might think you have. I think, like you said, the the way that the cello is worked in this track really kind of conveys that effectively. Totally. And so we're, we're not past a little more of a kind of harshness and a little more off the ground imagery. And the next song we'll play, and that's called Birthday Wish. kind of a long discussion about what part of that song to play that was actually the middle section about starts about two minutes in because the way that this song builds it starts out very simple but with an electric guitar which is the first song on this record not a lot of that yeah the guitar out front but really very kind of stripped down and then this chorus and verse adding more instruments and then it kind of builds and builds throughout the song and with a kind of emotional catharsis at the end yeah certainly i like that the I mean, the verses are actually the same and then the choruses are actually change up a little where the first chorus is about like, oh, I, my birthday wish is for you to soar on the balloons. And then the second wish is like, you're spoiled and I w- wish you get what's coming to you. You spoiled thing. And then those are tied together with this, again, off the ground metaphor of here's the balloons and I'll add a color. So it's like you had 
your issues and maybe I was an additional issue. So I, I like that it's kind of splitting the difference. Like it's mostly about like, yeah, I'm throwing all the blame on you. And then he's like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm adding a balloon. Like I'm adding something to you that's making it easier for you to s- float soar which is sort of float is kind of neutral soar is aspirational and then deflate and so i love that sort of three banger Mm -hmm. float soar deflate and And i'll watch you deflate like i know you always do in front of anyone that has ever loved you which is really kind of vicious and angry it's (laughs) scathing but it's a pretty song and yeah yeah, the way that the layers keep getting added on where you have the the cellos the different fake strings and it's it is really pretty and it sounds so kind of uh, uplifting and then the lyrics are pretty brutal yeah and it's interesting because i feel like that's another thing that i liked about this album was that it's very emotionally genuine as far as i think this is something that a lot of people do where he sets it up the title of the record and the first song is everyone thinks i dodged a bullet but i think i shot the gun and he's kind of putting the blame on himself and realizing i had a big part to play you know when he sits down and thinks about it but then emotionally he's still just putting a lot of the blame on the other person and being really bitter and angry. And so it's like, oh yeah, I, I'm to blame too, but here's all of the horrible things you did. Yeah, it's a uh, pretty intense, although I am glad though that we're kind of approaching the, the tail end of the album. And so this next song we'll play is the penultimate track on the album where I think he's finally trying to move beyond that anger and just try to say like, well, what have we learned from this and how can we both become better people? The song is called Play That One Again. Did you think when we met in Bel Air we'd end up here? Play that one again, the one with all the strings. The world is not listening. Play that one again The one where the whole gang joins in The world's not listening But I was But I was But I That was the very end of the song and I like this was my favorite track on this album and it starts out and kind of has a lot more strings and builds a little bit more dramatically and then drops out for this really stripped down end that I think is just really beautiful. Yeah, I I think it's a gorgeous song and I appreciate that sort of inversion as we go into the end of the album that it's just like we'll get really quiet and keep it really simple and this is just the one case I love this said like, well, that was fast. I wish we'd taken more time with the ending that idea of like, even, even the breakup with something he kind of regrets is over, which is kind of hopefully the beginnings of wisdom. But I, again, I like that ambiguity and it is just really pretty, a very catchy chorus. And I didn't love the album. There was a, it was just a little too cheesy for me, but it is so heartfelt. It is so heartfelt. And it's hard to dislike and it is just very moving and I, I it's it's nice to hear just such a 
intense and emotionally open and sincere statement from an artist like this. And so it's really quite a listen. I'm glad we did this album. Yeah, I really liked it and it grew on me as I listened to it. And I think it's just in the genre of breakup albums, it's just really beautiful and really emotionally resonant. And I think it'll be comforting to people who are in that situation. And I like the fact that it ends on this last track that we'll go out with called Not Surprised that kind of gives the the listener closure where it takes place who knows how much longer and seeing this person again and kind of having some resolution to the dialogue that's going on in the in the record so we'll go out with that we've been discussing greg laswell's album called everyone thinks i dodged a bullet and this has been for the record thanks for listening I keep going